Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes. Your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups that we see companies making. And the practical strategies you can implement today. This month's topic is closing more leads. And in this episode, we're chatting with the founders of Rock Paper Coin. On how to get paid faster. We're your hosts. We're your hosts. (laughs) I'm Shannon Tarrant. And I'm Vanessa Negron. And welcome to the shit show. Episode four of the Wedding Sassels. (laughs) (laughs) It never goes right. We're working on it. (laughs) Oh, we are so excited today to welcome both Nora and Elizabeth Shields, the co-founders of Rock Paper Coin, to our very first interview episode. Very first one. Yay. Mm -mm -mm. We're switching up the format from what... Uh, you usually expect from an interview, these ladies are bomb at what they know, and we want to make sure they give you as many tips and tricks as they can in limited time. So let's get started. So we've been talking all month about closing more sales, and we've given you so much information. And if you've missed the episode, you can go back and listen to them. But ladies, where do you think some of the roadblocks are for wedding pros when they get to the end of the sales process? I think the biggest roadblock is they make it too difficult to get booked. They, you know, have this client that's so interested and they've connected and they're ready to book. And then they email them a Word doc or a PDF contract and expect them to print it, sign it, scan it, send it back, find their checkbook to write a check, send it back. So it's this like whole process where couples today have zero patience for that. So I think the biggest thing we see is just wedding pros making it too difficult to book themselves. Yeah, I think sometimes that they forget to use their business as a customer, right? Like you go through... Two weeks ago, I was working with a contractor on a house project. It was that experience. He sends me this contract and I'm like, well, my printer has no ink and I'm going to have to order ink. And then Amazon didn't have it. So now I've got to go to a store. And he was like, are you going to sign it? I was like, yeah. Can you make it easy for me to sign it? Like, why am I not trying to do this? I definitely agree. Yeah. So so I also have to fax it in later. Oh, my God. Facts. Facts it in. (laughs) But the problem with that is your first experience working together is like pure annoyance. So you're not really starting on the best foot with your working relationship, making it difficult like that. No. And it feels like that's how it's going to be from here on out. Like anything that is going to have to get done. I mean, I restocked the ink, so I'm ready to go for the next thing he sends me. But but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think people work so hard to get work all this marketing that we do, all this SEO work and social media posts and all of that, you finally get them to the yes. And now you're waiting on the money. Yep. Yes. And I, I think there's an e-signature company who did like a huge survey and they said that people who implement e-signatures in their booking process experience an 80% increase in their closing rate, which is bonkers to me. But if you're not doing it, like you don't, No, you know, like you wouldn't be able to see the effects of an e-signature platform. So I just think that if you're having a hard time booking people, like you need to understand why. And that's probably the main reason. That's so funny because when I was, I just purchased a house and we did so many like inspections and things and everything was Mm e-signature and it made it life so much easier because I just do it from my phone. 
totally. Yeah, we have to meet couples where they are today. I mean, yeah. they're like, yes, I think a lot of them are at a computer for work, but the majority of them are on their phones after hours. So if that's when they're reviewing a contract or an invoice to hire a wedding vendor, then it needs to be done from the phone or, you know, it just needs to be really accessible for them. Yeah, we had a recent conference when they had a panel of engaged couples and recently married couples. And one of the questions was, did you actually read your contracts? And most of them, the answer was no. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that was, when you think about the ease of being able to sign on your phone, I think sometimes they're just like, I'm sure it's good. And they sign, but I always tell people when they're concerned about couples doing that to add a few spots for initialing. Mm -hmm. So at least I feel like if they have to go back, they're probably like, well, let me read that because they're making me stop and initial this. So I'm more likely to actually read it. Yeah. The other Mm -hmm. piece of that is getting a digital signature gives you that added layer of security as a vendor because, um, you know, we track IP addresses and we can really back up our members with proof that this document was signed by who was intended to sign it. Um, You know, as we saw through COVID and the after effects, there were so many couples that you know, didn't want to pay their final payments and wanted to cancel their contracts and all these different things. And if vendors didn't have a contract in place that, first of all, a contract period, and then second of all, you know, something that really got the signature and the initials and the places it needed to, like vendors were in, in trouble in that whole time. And I can tell you pretty much every wedding professional changed their contract one way or another after COVID started. Yeah, I think I do hear that. I don't know, Vanessa, if you've heard the same, that sometimes when people are like, well, but if it's if they're electronic signing, it's not legal. It's not like a legal contract. No, it's like such a misconception yes. of people not wanting to adopt technology. <laughs> um, because as Nora said, there's so many ways to track and make sure that the person who is intended to be the signer is the one actually signing. And that I think idea of like, well, if you're not seeing them sign it in person in ink, then anybody could just be signing it and forging their signature. I think like is a little bit of the people who don't want to adopt technology um, leading that conversation. If you can buy a house with a digital signature, you can sign a wedding contract with a digital (laughs) signature. Exactly. What do you see as the pros and cons of the automation part? How much time do you have? Um, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I think maybe to just start, I think there's so many more pros than cons. So I kind of actually want to start with the cons just to like get them out in the airspace first and then end with the pros. Um, I think one of the biggest things with cons and automation is that it can strip authenticity and that if you are working really hard to have your brand, you know, have your voice and your tonality and, you know, all of the things that you've worked really hard to be by putting a potential client into a pipeline of automation can feel like it's stripping that out. I totally agree. And that's why I think you have to be careful with automation and not just be clicking the easy button because there are certain places where automation really does improve and clients expect it. Like clients expect a payment reminder. That is 100%. If you're not doing payment reminders, like that's bonkers. 
But I think like automating maybe your inquiry responses, that gets a bad rap because everybody knows when it's a canned email and you're listing out your 500 services and they ask you about your one videography package. So I think that's where the, the biggest con is like, it can be a time saver, but you have to be using it right or else it's sending people the wrong message. Yeah, I like to, one of my favorite tips is always to tell people sometimes when it's an expected automated reminder, like a payment process, or maybe you have a form submission on your website Mm. that sends something, I usually put in there, hey there, this is an automated email. It is not me directly at midnight (laughs) sending you this information. (laughs) Like, you know, but we wanted to make sure we get it to you as quickly as possible. You'll hear a personal email from me within 24 hours or something like that, just telling them flat out, like, Hey, this isn't a person. This is the system reminding you to say, Hey, don't forget. Right. The other piece of that, that can bite vendors every once in a while is say they have a client that did something out of the ordinary of their typical client flow. Well, now they're getting all of these automated emails for something that doesn't apply to them any longer. And it's again, that frustration. Um, And so it really just hurts the relationship if it's not done well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the timed emails that go out and mm-hmm. doesn't even apply to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's not a good look. Yeah, it's not a that good look. And it doesn't, it no. doesn't really feel good as the person receiving. No. But I do think that like, if you're paying attention as the business owner, in terms of what you're doing, I know to say, ooh, stop that automation. She's not down the right mm-hmm. right or the right piece of it. Yeah. Well, and as the client, they're going to see those and be like, this has nothing to do with me. This clearly I was put into a system and this is automated. Like totally. this is not yeah. personal at all. Yeah. And couples today, like they are hiring people off Instagram, off their personalities, like who they are on social media. They connect on maybe a story that was posted. So couples are really interested in booking the people behind the company versus mm-hmm. like the actual company itself. So you lose that personality by automated automating every single piece of your business. So like Elizabeth said, you really, there's a huge benefit to automating bits and pieces, but you can't automate the whole process or it's just not going to be a good experience. So what, how, so what other ways can you make that automation still feel personable? So I think, um, a couple things, if you do have to do automation, like it's essential to your business, um, I think changing out a tiny bit of the automation for different types of clients is important. You can also put in a video, like a welcome video of you. It's, you know, your voice, you're speaking to the client. I think that can really help to shine, um, you're like, it can help to kind of shine that personality through. I think that's really important. And I also just think understanding the difference between automation and templates is really important. Mm -hmm. Just because you want to put somebody into a workflow doesn't necessarily mean that's the only answer. You could put them into a workflow with templates so that you're still changing out maybe one sentence, maybe two words, you know, just to say like their event date, their venue, their name. I think it's important to understand that there's templates out there that then you can edit and click send and they're in that automated workflow, but it's still that personalization. And it just, it takes like a couple extra seconds to like add in that voice. 
Yeah, I like the geez. video idea. That's really cute. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I love the video too. Yeah. I skirted around it by making it a boomerang of me throwing confetti, so I didn't have to think of it. <laughs> yeah, I just threw confetti, and right. the, yeah. the first email they get is me throwing confetti, and it, totally. it went everywhere. Different. It like lands on my face. It's a hot mess. Yeah, but they <laughs> yeah. all smile the way that we yeah, just did right. hearing about it. So that's adding that personal piece. It's perfect. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's great. It works awesome. out. It works out well. I do think too, if that's something that's a really important feature to you, making sure whatever system you choose maybe also has the opportunity for some custom fields. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of them have like first name and last name and things like that, but whatever system you choose to use for your business, making sure it has the ability to add custom fields because maybe there are certain things for each like their venue or something like that that can make the email feel a little bit more customized Mm -hmm. specific Mm -hmm. to things without because I'm I have an automation problem I'm not a temp I do have a lot of templates but I'm an automation girls but I I really focus on how do I customize specific things within based upon utilizing custom fields. Yeah. And this is kind of a different answer depending on what type of vendor you are also. Like a wedding planner is going to have way more personal contact and communications versus maybe a photo booth company where automating that experience is going to be a lot easier and and to the point. So kind of have to take this with a grain Mm -hmm. of salt knowing what your individual category is and, and how it would work for you. Yeah, either way, templates are good to have for those frequently asked questions and those mm-hmm. emails that you yes. feel like you're sending over and over and over again. And yes, if you leave a spot in there, so like I have certain ones that I send out, you know, checking in on them a couple of months mm-hmm. before the wedding and then a month before things like that. And I do have a blank spot that like it has quotes to like make sure that I fill yeah. something in that's personal. <laughs> that's perfect. So that when, when I go to type it, I'm like, oh, let's put something personal in there because I, I meet yeah. with my clients and a lot of vendors meet with their clients. Some of them don't, but make sure you tie something back in about, you know, something personal, maybe they talked about, but yeah, definitely not the robots and automation, but I like the templates yeah. and I, that video, I think I'm going to add that to my oh, app. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's nice to, because you can make one that still feels personal without their name, but when you're looking at the camera, right. And talk to them, I think that it can still feel like I'm talking right to you. Yes, rather agreed. than recording a video every time. Although I do that for some things, but not for <laughs> not for for new people. So yeah. both of you have backgrounds in our industry. When you know, from the standpoint of couples as they're planning their wedding, what are some of the frustrations that you heard, or from couples or vendors or whatever that really led you to develop Rock Paper Coin overall? Rock Paper Coin was born. Um, because of Elizabeth and my frustration as we worked as wedding planners together for many, many years, we built one of the biggest wedding planning companies in the Pacific Northwest. And one night we were out to drinks. Well, many nights we were out to drinks, but this one particular night, (laughs) um, we were just like, we both had had it. We had these high maintenance clients and we were babysitting them. We were like, well, you know, we haven't heard if they've sent their contract in. We keep reminding them and like doing the same processes and the same thing over again. And it didn't feel like fun anymore. Like that whole creative design aspect was overshadowed by this constant nagging my clients to get things done. So we, um, 
we knew there had to be a better way. Um, we tried everything and we couldn't find anything that understood the way the wedding world turns and the way our job is as planners. We um, we often relate it to like a general contractor where our, we, we all have clients and then there are all these other vendors. So instead of the florist, the baker, the hair and makeup people, there's the tile person and the flooring person and all that. And if yeah. they're not speaking to the general contractor or the wedding planner, things go awry. And so we created Rock Paper Coin to be that system where there was that three-way communication between all parties and all of this other added functionality that was just going to make our life easier as planners and professionals in the wedding industry. I love when in general, some of the best tools that have been created come from tools and companies and services you can use to market what that comes from those of us who were in the industry I think because it's like legitimate problems yeah yeah we just could not ask another client to order another checkbook it was just feeling like (laughs) so archaic to be like okay so welcome to bridal bliss so you need to order a checkbook because none of your vendors are going to accept online payments you know it's just like what like why are we feeding into this like let's go see if we can find something and fix it. So we had to coach yeah. clients on how to write a check. And this yeah. was many years ago. So today, like it's even harder. Couples don't want to write it. I was going to say, do, do people even own checkbooks anymore? No. Is that a thing? That's no. the problem. <laughs> it was literally on our checklist to like order a checkbook. It was like, why are we feeding into this? Shannon, are you guilty? No, I, well, I do have a checkbook, but I had a specific, but the last place I lived only took rent before I bought the house. They only took rent by check. So I was like, I have to go buy checks to be able to do this. So I bought like, because I was paying $10 for three of them at the bank. Like, this is stupid. Oh I just have to get this yeah. checkbook. But it's also interesting because checkbooks have your full routing number and mm-hmm. your full account number on it. And one of the things that like we would hear early on is like, well, I don't want to give somebody, you know, my, um, I don't want to put my credit card information online or I don't want to, you know, put my payment information on this website. And I'm like, but you're literally willing to hand a stranger a check with your full routing number and your full account number. Like that to me is so insecure and like way more at risk than entering in your information online where there's so many more protections, a lot of them backed by like government and, you know, companies. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's just interesting as like payments is adopting that like, it's a very, very scary topic. And mm-hmm. so there can be a lot of noise and a lot of like fear among like adopting the technology. Yeah. But ultimately, when you use an outdated system, you're more at risk. And I think that's like the biggest thing for all technology. Also, yeah. it's a, what li- is the most- it's a uh, liability for good. vendors to accept checks. It's first of all, it's a total time suck because whether you're doing it on your phone or you're going to the bank, it's it takes time to do that, but mm-hmm. also checks take long, a long time to clear. And so sure, you might've gotten your payment for your cake, Vanessa, the Monday before the wedding, thinking you have plenty of time, but it could not have cleared by the time the wedding rolled around. And then you have zero leverage to get payment once everything's all delivered. So it's just time. Well, and even I, I would see even from like a client standpoint, I mean, from vendors, yes, 
you know, waiting for the check to clear, but from a client standpoint, if I have to send in a check and then wait for it to clear and wait to all these things, I it's just, I would get so frustrated because especially if you already sent it, you're like, I paid this. Why am I still getting reminders yeah. to pay the invoice right. if I've already oh paid gosh. it? And you're like, oh, well, we're just waiting for your check to clear that you sent in the mail that took five <laughs> days to even get here. <laughs> Literally. I have um, someone who works with me within my business and his world, his other business is check only. And mm-hmm. it hurts my heart because the amount yeah. of time, like when we work with yeah. a venue, a lot of times a hotel or whatever, they all pay by check. And so it's like waiting in the amount of times and it has to go from that person to the controller or the accounting person to then approve the PO to cut the check to get it. And so I think in my head, I just want the money, like whatever the percentage is, I just want the, I don't want to have to ask you to be like, Hey, can you ask accounting again? It's been 60 days, like, you know, and nobody wants to do that. And so I think speeding up that process for everyone Also, I mean, we run our bank accounts, everybody in their house runs it differently, but we like pay out of one account. That's where we pay things from and other money sit in other places. So when Mm -hmm. it's sitting there, I'm like, why isn't it leaving? Where's the money? (laughs) Who was supposed to take this? Right. I know. I was like, I'm about to spend that. I think I already spent that. (laughs) (laughs) I think another interesting topic that I would love to hear everybody's opinion on is also relating it back to closing sales faster. If you are accepting online payments and then you pass along the processing fee, I think that that is something our industry particular is like, it's becoming more of a norm as to like pass along this processing fee. But I think it's a hindrance in a quick booking because if it's not talked about in the consultation and then clients see that as a line item, they're not going to continue booking because they're going to have an offline conversation with either their partner or with you as the business owner, seeing how they can avoid it. So I think it's like something that there does need to be a little bit more education about. Just put it in your pricing. Like nobody's going to bat an eye at 30, 40, $50 in your package price, but they bat an eye when it's line itemed on the invoice. So I think that's like another thing to kind of relate it back to like the quick booking process. It's funny because we just talked about this like in a group of friends. Oh, really? Oh, no way. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. Well, it's, just, let it's, it rip. it's very ironic because they were asking about, should I just tell the client? Should I just suck it up and pay that fee? Or, and I was like, if you're going to charge them, you have to talk about it. Or it looks very sleazy if you just put it as a line item. Just like when you go online shopping, if you see yeah. um, an additional like shipping and then service a handling fee and like all these other, yeah, service charges, you're like, hmm, maybe I'll just go to Target and buy that instead of doing it online. I know, I know. I am very passionate about this conversation (laughs) because I get so angry as a consumer. Like I'm literally infuriated when, so long story short, bought a house last year, had to have it replumbed. I knew that. Came in, paid the deposit, final payment came through and they were like, you use a credit card, it's a 4% charge. And I was like, whoa. Like this is thousands of dollars. I didn't really put the yeah. money aside. I knew money was coming. I was going to do it next month, yeah. like whatever. And I was like, I'm not paying it. Like you didn't tell me I was going to, you didn't charge yeah. it on the deposit. You were quick right. to take my money to get me signed in. One of our yeah. local Mexican restaurants just added it. Doesn't tell people it's not on the menu. It's not anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I just really feel like 
I don't understand why you don't just raise your prices to cover it. I mean, right. I it's have some, nominal. It's so it's small and for your package price. The firing up the client or the so when I worked at a venue, we took credit cards. We didn't charge a fee, but um, it was a venue with food and beverage. So credit card fees on twenty thousand dollars adds up. And so the owner said, and I sat down, and he's like, "How can we try to get?" payment not by credit card as often as possible. And so we sat down and kind of started having the conversation to say, listen, while we're a hotel, we're still a family owned business. And we prefer, we don't ever want to pass the fees on to you, but it's significant and we can keep our prices Mm -hmm. where they're at. If you're willing to make that final payment by check and, you know, or a wire transfer or whatever. And then we made it easy for them to wire transfer, but we started the comp, we never charged the fee, but we just started asking them to pay Mm -hmm in a different way, or I feel like if you're going to charge the fee, then don't take credit cards. There's plenty of people. I think it's crazy, but there's plenty of people who don't, they don't want to deal with that fee. So either raise your prices, don't take it or talk about it. Yeah. Like it's kind of, yeah, I agree. It needs to be like one or the other, either it's with your business model or it's not with your business model. And like, dabbling and trying to toe that like middle line is just really hard. And it ends up being more work because now you put them into this automated mm-hmm. invoicing process, let's just say, and then they decide, oh, well, never mind. I want to write a check. Well, now what do you do with they them? Stop. Like we were just saying. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of just like, you've either got to buy in and be like, I'm going to take credit cards and I'm going to accept online payments. So I'm going to assume a processing fee or it's not. And I can appreciate the platforms. Like I know Rock, Rock, Paper, Coin, even with your platform, there's an option for them to pass the fee on and whatever. But even one of your members sent me an invoice for something. And I was like, click, click, click paying. I'm a fast. I get it. Yeah, I pay same. it. And I got there and I stopped. And I was like, do I want to pay the fee? Do I want? Like, it was like a, and then I actually closed it and was like, I'll go back to that. So it was an mm-hmm. immediate stop the process because now you're making me think instead of just letting me pay. And so I do agree that that processing fee has to be handled very carefully if you want to do it. And could you imagine if every store, why do we as service professionals pass that shit on? No one, the restaurant in our town is being slaughtered on every Facebook group. Like don't go eat there without no free cash. Yeah. Can you imagine if like every, every service you ever had, even the grocery store, there was like a second line item that said service fee. Yeah, or like they ask for a Venmo at checkout at Safeway. They're like, oh, do you just want to go ahead and Venmo us? (laughs) Like, what does that really say about your business? Like, it's not professional. Like, it truly isn't. At Jiffy Loop, just go ahead and Venmo me, $29.95. I'd be like, oh, what other payment (laughs) options do I have? I feel like it kind of defeats the purpose of using a system and an automation and making it easier if they're having to stop and then go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. No hot yeah. topic that we literally last week were with like five. Literally last week. <laughs> one of them does it. One of them was thinking about it. One of them doesn't take credit cards and only does other like we went through yeah. and I was like adamant. It's a hard no. Yeah. yeah. I don't know down. why wedding businesses are so scared to raise their pricing to cover that fee. It's such a small amount. Yeah. And it just makes everything easy. So say you do have somebody that randomly wants to pay by a check. Well, then great. It still can stay the same. You might make a little more off of it because you're not paying a yeah, processing yeah. fee. But why not make it easy on yourself? You're covered. Yeah. Then everyone's happy and you're just streamlining the process. And well, I think we forget you're allowed to raise your prices. Yeah. Like, yeah. I really yes. think people forget <laughs> that. Like, year over year, you can 
raise prices. Yeah. I was a software change. The caterer I worked at, we actually did a cash discount. So if you paid that way, you more or less, it wasn't like the exact credit card fee, but it was a way to promote people. If you pay by check, you get a little bit off of the total. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you should also talk with your accountant about tax deductions because you can deduct a lot of these too. Yeah. Yeah. All your processing fees. It's an expense. Good right off. Yeah. Software processing fees. All of it. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, when people do set this up and they're trying to figure out how to set up the payment plan. So you use a service and you use something like rock, paper, coin or whatever. What When somebody asks you, how should I set up payment plans? What do you guys tell them? We were both talk, trying to come up with questions. And this was when I was like, oh, I wonder what they say. <laughs> um, so I think it's more important about the upfront deposit than it is about how many installments for how much, like your upfront deposit. I'm a firm believer should be 50%. And like, you got to protect yourself. You're holding that date. You're going to do the work. Like, so, and that can of course vary by like, you know, category to category. But then if somebody is, doesn't want to pay that final, you know, $10,000 bill all at once, like what's the harm in offering them eight to 10 installments leading up to the wedding, you actually get your cash before. Like if you were just to do two payments or if you were going to do three, like I don't think that there's a harm in catering to the client's needs as long as you have your deposit covered. And so I think it's fine to have like a standard for your business. And then if a client needs something special, like cater to that. And by using a system, like that doesn't cost you extra time. Like it's also easy to just automate and have those reminders go out. I agree. I think um, one of those conversations is often area and location specific. I th- I don't know about you guys in Pacific Northwest, but in Florida, we have really did clear seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. post COVID, it's kind of been a shit show, and it just, literally, and it's just like yeah. what happens. Oh my you know, things are happening all over the place, but. Um, I always tell people to figure out whatever payment plan is going to keep your cash flow going. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's yeah. going to keep money coming so that you know summer's going to be slow. And yeah, maybe you can sell more and do more deposits, but people are vacationing. And that's about nine, you know, three to four months before we start to get really busy. So maybe having that second payment due in a way that can kind of keep mm-hmm. rather than it being a hot, so hot and so cold. Because we, I hear a lot on the advertising marketing side, people being like, I can't sign up. I'm waiting for payments to come in, you know, and things like that, which means that sounds like a cash flow in my world. Yeah. Yeah. I think payments in general for our industry have changed quite a bit in the last couple of years. The norm used to be half up front, half right before the wedding or on the wedding day itself. And we've seen a lot more wedding pros breaking that up over time. I think three is a pretty common number. And the beauty of that is you get that retainer Mm -hmm. that Elizabeth talked about to cover kind of your starting. You get one mid mid experience and then one shortly before the wedding. But the reason that's great is because if someone cancels halfway through, you've at least covered your time by their payments. So you're not you know, you're not at a huge loss. If they go their separate ways, then they've paid for the amount that's been spent on their wedding that far. And, um, you know, obviously you have a contract laying all this out, but that's another perk of splitting it up between, um, between the, 
amount of time you're spending together because in COVID, a lot of people canceled and there was no verbiage that really helped them out when couples were were canceling and wanted their money back or didn't want to pay final balances. Um, it was just whatever had been paid, maybe it wasn't non-refundable, but it was a month before the wedding and everything's done. They haven't made their final payment, but they're still stuck paying. Yeah, it was it was definitely a messy time. So I'm glad we've made the shifts all the way through. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think everyone changed their contracts by then. All right. So we're running up on time. So if there was one tip that each of you could share about helping our listeners get paid faster, what's the one tip you would give them on a way to make that happen? I mean, this might be obvious, but adopt technology whether, you know, I know it's really scary. It's daunting to either get on a new platform or start one where you've never adopted technology before, but you are literally losing business by not doing it. And technology and software today is so different than it was just a couple of years ago. Technology is meant to be easy now. You should onboard quickly. You have customer support, the whole process is a lot easier than you might think. And you literally have nothing to lose. There are free trials all around. Um, So give it a try. If it doesn't work, then at least you tried. But um, getting a good fit will literally change your life. Mm -hmm. Definitely think that would be my number one. And then my number two, if I had to say something different would be to have, if you have a contract, which everybody should, your payment should follow a contract signature automatically. So that once they sign the contract, they pay the invoice in one workflow. They don't have to wait for a second email. They don't have to sign into another platform. Like allowing that will get your money faster because they're signed right then. They'll pay right then. Uh, yes. I love that. <laughs> Vanessa and I both fully support that. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Don't take the monies until the contract and make it easy for them to pay. Yeah. Because if you get paid, they think they're done. Totally. And then that's a whole nother headache. Okay. So (laughs) wrapping up, I know we didn't do a big intro about what rock paper coin is. So how can rock paper coin be the solution that, and the technology that they're looking for? You want me to take it? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> we don't have the same. I know. <laughs> the heart of our features that we've kind of talked about are contracts and invoices and shared documents. So we are basically a hub to run your business through. Any type of wedding or event industry professional, any vendor type can use us to send contracts to their clients, to send invoices to their clients. They can share documents with their clients or other vendors that are a part of that wedding. Um, We also have many resources for our members, like different templates or legal documents, or just like little tidbits that you can use to better your business. Um, We also have that three-way communication that I talked about where the planner has access to all of his or her, their clients' documents. They can act on behalf of their clients, which is a huge time saver. And we have the lowest processing fee on the market. So we talked about processing fee. It's only 2.5%. So raising your rates by 2.5% to cover it is going to be a pretty minimal amount. And then can they also do like ACH or is it only credit card? Any type of payment. 
And we also do free white glove onboarding for all of our new members, which basically means a team member, an actual person will hold your hand to get you onboarded, get your account all set up. If you have documents to transfer over that you want access to, we will do all of that for you. So it is very, very easy to get going. Onboarding is always the hardest part, right? Mm -hmm. We have a few, I have a few friends in the industry who like every time we talk CRM, they twitch. I'm like, you gotta get off the word docs. (laughs) I've gotta kill, I'm gonna delete all your words. It's scary. It's scary if you've never done it. And I get that. And that's why we really made it a point to make it as easy as possible. Well, we've got a great promo for you guys. If when you go, if you've never thought about this and you even want to test it out and try it out and head over to Rock Paper Coin, make sure you use the promo code SASSHOLES, of course. What happens when they use that promo code, Nora? They uh, will get a one month free uh, trial. And then once that is over, they will get another entire year completely free on the platform, along with that white glove onboarding and um, member support. Oh my God. I think I'm going to switch. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) We're going to shout it from the rooftops. (laughs) Don't don't tell anyone. Just our listeners. (laughs) Listen, that credit card percentage and they're going up everywhere. So that's pretty. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 2.5% is pretty amazing. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It's the lowest you can find. You can look, but I'll save you the trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at the end of each episode, we finish them and wrap them up by giving everybody, our, our listeners, some we like to call it, we give them the swag. Yes, it's going to be three action items to add to your to-do list. Okay, swag item number one, find a program or a platform that works for you. <coughs> Rock, paper, coin. That is going to work best <laughs> for what you need it to do. Audit your process on your phone. Run yourself through uh, or run your through yourself through or a friend as a client to do everything through your phone to make sure that it's phone accessible. Yeah, and make sure that it's mobile friendly because that's the fastest yes. way they catch it. They read it and get it done. And lastly, mm-hmm. let's take a look at your payment installment plan. Are you doing it from a cash flow standpoint, from a protecting yourself standpoint, if somebody were to cancel? What of that, if you have that set up right now with the one and, you know, deposit and or Retainer, Retainer. we're not supposed to say deposit anymore. Retainer and final payment. (laughs) Maybe you could cash flow so it makes sense to keep the money coming in, you know, spread it out a little further. Yeah. If you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or it made you laugh, follow, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Stay tuned for the next topic wedding shows and showcases. We are talking big expos, booth setups, intimate venue showcases. And we're integrating one of the biggest show producers in the country. Now, go and make epic shit happen and clean up your systems.